Hi, friend. It's your home speaking, and I need some favors. Could you turn on some of the lights in the basement? Um, I'm scared of the dark. Also, this one is easy. Could you bundle your home and car insurance with Geico so we could save money? Last thing, just a suggestion. Could you steam clean the carpets? I need a spa day. Geico. For bundling made easy, go to geico.com today. Welcome to Elton and John's La Liga Weekly. Congratulations to Valencia. Remember them, the team that actually won the Copa del Rey. Four points off relegation at the halfway stage to Champions League qualifiers and winners of their first trophy since 2008. They did finish 26 points below Barcelona, who are, just checking, managed by Ernesto Valverde, who made three terrible errors this season. Losing the Copa del Rey final, losing at Anfield and winning the league far too early. If you do get another chance, Ernesto, I'd recommend a dramatic last-day victory snatched from the jaws of defeat. But that would involve Real Madrid being better. We'll get to our best and worst of La Liga later with a surprising victory for grown men dressing up in full kit to watch the TV and not make up their minds about penalties. Apparently VAR is good for something. Unfortunately, not everyone gets to see what they want on the TV. OK, we didn't used to be able to watch cup finals from around the world, but then they invented the technology to make it easy and we loved it. Then some greedy pig realised they could make more money by stopping us watching stuff. For example, the Copa del Rey final. So if you want to know what happened between the 35th and the 42nd minutes, I can't help. And if my wife asks why all that dodgy stuff is on the computer, then it was the Copa del Rey final and nothing else. Just the football. <laughs> Thankfully, now all that football is out of the way, we can get on to the real business of transfer speculation, which means Manchester United being linked with players who have no intention of going there. I use a similar move when I go to the bar, just after I've checked that everybody's got a full glass. Anyone fancy a delict? Oh, what a shame. <laughs> Better look next time. Uh, so, Terry, there we are. So, we didn't get together to watch the, the Copa del Rey uh, final together, uh, but by hook or by crook, uh, you, you've seen it. Uh, and then, so, what do you make of it? I mean, let's, let's talk Valencia. Let's be positive, shall we? Because, you know, they actually won it, didn't they? I know, I know if you went on social media, it was all about uh, Barcelona's shortcomings, but, you know, Valencia... They had a game plan. They played to their strengths. They won the Copa del Rey. Congratulations. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think as we've seen, the season has gone on. They had a dreadful first half of the season. We know the story now that they, in the penultimate week of the La Liga campaign, that's the first time they've reached the top four. They finished off in Champions League position. And, and I think that the story of the season has to be when they were persevere, they show perseverance and patience with Marcelino because around Christmas time, just after Christmas, there was a real threat that he was going to lose his job. They were drawing too many games. They weren't they weren't good to watch. He wasn't sure of his tactical system. He was confused with the issue of having to play Champions League games and falling into the Europa League. But as the season went on, I think life became a little bit more clear at Valencia in terms of their his strategy, um, because they desperately needed to win games to climb up the table to do well in the Europa League, and he was a bit more ambitious in terms of his tactics, and it paid off. They were a much better team in the second half of the season, and in the first half of the game last night, they were a much better team than Barcelona, and the damage was done for Barcelona in the first 45 minutes. And it was a game plan that worked extremely well for Valencia. 
He played his best tactics, pretty much his best team as well. And I have no doubt, you know, apart from a scary last 20 minutes for Valencia and Barcelona, of course, were throwing everything at it after Messi got the goal back. But I have no doubt that Valencia fully deserved the, the victory over the 90 minutes last night. Uh, Neil says best management direction uh, director decision of the season. Valencia not sacking Marcelino. Uh, Tad says I'm expecting Terry Gibson to give a two minute appreciation of Rodrigo <laughs> after slagging him off a couple of weeks ago. Did you? Uh, for for the good of Spanish football was Valencia's yeah, sure. win warranted. <laughs> yeah, no, I I'm not so sure I've ever slagged Rodrigo off. I think I, it's fair to say, and I still think that it's he has disappointed this season. I, I saw Tad's tweet in, in regards to the question and I looked and he's got eight league goals in 33 appearances, five in the Copa del Rey, which is a good return, none in the Champions League in those group games, none in six and two in the Europa League. So I think for a player like Rodrigo, he's, he's, we know he's capable because of his quality, because because of his ability, because of his past record at Valencia. I think eight league goals is a disappointing return and, and hopefully, I think he was one of the bigger reasons why Valencia struggled. In the first half of the season, he wasn't scoring goals. Gamero wasn't scoring goals. The team were finding it hard to create chances, in fairness to the strikers. But I've no doubt he's a quality player. He deserves to be in the Spain squad. And, and it was pleasing to see him get the second goal last night. When when Valencia are playing well, they rely on, like any team, if your strikers are playing well and, you, and they're scoring goals, then you have chances of winning football matches. And that's what Valencia have done in the second half of the season. Their attackers have been better. Guedes and Soler have improved massively in the second half of the season. And I think Rodrigo falls into that category. He's finished the season brightly, and I think he's a really good player. Right, shall we get down to the grubby business? Um, uh, Ernesto Valverde. <laughs> I, I did a little poll. Now, so this is people on on Twitter. So you know there we are. But um, you know a lot of these are our regular correspondents who know their Spanish football. Who, a lot of them are big Barcelona fans. So about two thirds of people, sixty six percent said he should go. Uh, whether he will go was almost 50 50 51 to 49 so nothing in it as to whether people think he will go the big question that we're asked repeatedly is uh, for example David Williams says were there an outstanding candidate to take the reins it might be a different story too soon for Xavi uh, Stefan do you think the current Ajax manager would be a good fit for Barca he plays a style of football with a similar vein to Barca but with uh, limited resources and there are uh, oh yeah paul is asking about setien or jump straight to chavi so chavi is the name that comes up most but the, uh, there must be well, a dozen people all saying if they get rid of valverde what would they do so where do we stand valverde in valverde out and if if he's out where where do they go well i, I think you, the name that keeps getting mentioned is chavi now it's an interesting dilemma because I think it's it's clear he's going to be Barcelona, Barcelona manager one day and pretty, pretty soon, I think. Now, I, I think the issue here is if they were to sack Valverde and bring somebody else in, that means we're probably been looking at, well, you'd imagine a, a two-year period, where a two-season period where the next manager is going to get time next season. I assume Barcelona will do pretty well with whoever's in charge next season. They'll be there or thereabouts. It'd be extreme to believe that a manager comes in and messes up everything completely and is sacked before the end of the season, purely based on how far ahead they were than Atletico Madrid and Real Madrid and what those two clubs 
those issues are going to occur during the summer. So I think Barcelona domestically in a good place. Now, it might be a case in point that they think, let, I'm led to believe Xavi is possibly going to be starting some sort of coaching career in the Middle East um, just to learn the ropes slightly. So we might be looking at a year him doing that and then next, the, the following season, then he might be ready to, to be the manager of Barcelona. Now, I know Pep jumped into it, but he had the B team. I know Zidane jumped into it at Real Madrid, but he had the B team. So I think it's a case in point that it's the, the timing has to be right for Chevy. Is it now? Probably not. So do they stick with Valverde until the time is right? That, it must be somewhere in their thinking that they're thinking of a timescale of when Chavi can be qualified. He gets his badges completed. He, he will be officially qualified to be manager of Barcelona. But he's going to need some sort of coaching experience. I think everybody knows that he, he was a highly intelligent footballer. And, and what's more important is that the more I've seen Barcelona this season, it's, it, it's right at this time of the year, this time of the season, to actually judge it as a whole. We make you know weekly calls on how good they are, but I think you, we have to genuinely wait until the end of the season to see how good Barcelona have been. Clearly, they've been far better than Real Madrid and Atletico Madrid. That's clear. The issue was, have they been that good or have they made the, the, the great strides in terms of winning the league comfortably because of the failure of the other two? Possibly that's the biggest reason, I think. And what I see from Barcelona now is a team that's been really consistent again this season. They know how to win the league. They they might have games here and there which are hard for the, harder for them to win than others, or they make harder to win, but they somehow don't get beat. They get the three points. They snatch a draw. And I think the big issue is, in my opinion now, the season as a whole is under Valverde, and it's hard to be too critical, but they are, they don't have any resemblance at the moment to the great Barcelona teams we've seen in the past. So in terms of dominating possession, the tactical skills of outnumbering opponents in different areas of the pitch to make sure they get into goal-scoring positions, getting the best out of Messi in terms of uh, what they're doing now is just relying purely on Messi. And, and if you, you look at the injuries in the, the cup final, that damaged them. No Suarez, no Dembele. It was kind of a makeshift team, some unfamiliar names on the bench. The options to change were limited for Valverde. But it's, it, was, it was a difficult game for him last night, with a couple of important players missing. But I, I think there needs to be a look. So Xavi coming back at some stage to get that style of Barcelona back, I think it's a, it's a must but it's just getting the timing right. So do they put up with Valverde till Xavi's ready or do they make a change and, and delay the appointment of Xavi or do they blow everyone away and appoint Xavi now with no experience as a manager in order to get the Barcelona style back? It looks like they're going to be signing some, some really good players in the summer. De Jong is already one of them. They're talking De Ligt and Griezmann, of course. So it, it, well, that would be a really big ask for Xavi to step in now there are harder jobs in football. It comes with different pressures, but it, it would be easier for Xavi to take over at Barcelona next season than it would be to take over Osasuna or who have come up or maybe Granada are coming up and to be battling against it every week to try and get sufficient points to stay up. So it's it's going to be a big call. I think Xavi is the only replacement, if I'm being perfectly honest, but it, they have to get the timing right. 
Yeah, because I'm wondering what he would learn by a year managing in Qatar or something that he wouldn't learn by going to Barcelona. And it's, if, if, as you say, and I agree, I agree with you that they're in a much stronger position than Atletico or Real Madrid at the moment, um, they'd still be favourites to win the league with Xavi involved, wouldn't they? So you might be saying that you might almost be writing off a season in the Champions League, but why, if that's where you want to go, if that's where you want to be in two years' time, why not go there now? You know, why... Why wait? Why why stick with Valverde or why look around? I can't see an experienced coach uh, that is... Well, I can. I can see Allegri, but I, 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 he doesn't really improve anything. He doesn't knock it on anyway, does he? So uh, what, why not wait? Sorry, so why wait? Why not just get on with Xavi now? Yep, no, I agree totally. I, I think he's sensible enough, intelligent enough to know what is needed. He will make mistakes. I think that it would please players at the club. And I, th- I think, importantly, the most important issue is get he, they Barcelona need to get their, their their style back. I mean, what we're seeing now is is four four two four one four one last night, but Valverde's hand was pretty much forced by the choices he had available. But I think, in order for Barcelona to get their style back, the next manager has to be someone who just who pretty much just knows the Barcelona way that can preach to the players, to preach to the new players, young players. If Delict comes, the young, impressionable, Arter is impressionable. So then you've got the older players that Xavi played alongside Messi, Piquet, um, Busquets. They they will respond to Xavi coming in. So he would make mistakes, but I I think he's wise enough to know that and wise enough to know that he's got a team that for three quarters of the season are going to be favourites in every game they go into. And it's just a question of how he fares making big decisions in big games. But I, I certainly think it's, uh, would I go as far to say it would be the right choice? Uh, yeah, I would. I'd go for it now if I was Barcelona. A uh, couple of questions. I think you've already answered these. Actually, Zalito, has Barca gone away from playing good football to solely relying on getting results? And Hayden, uh was the last team so reliant on a single player that achieved sustained success? So I think you know I think you've answered those, haven't you? That uh, you know they they are lacking a side at the moment. Here's the big question for Chavi, for Valverde, for anybody. Danny, do you still think that Busquets is a key player for this team? Personally, he says I don't think so. He was always slow, but now he's a liability, especially against a dynamic team. Uh, and Omar, uh, Jordi Alba only plays for Messi, so De Barca need another left-back. Uh, Busquets and Suarez need to be replaced immediately, but Barca are too afraid to wield the axe. So the big question, say if Xavi comes in and you're trying to play that Barcelona style, is Busquets still physically equipped to play that? Is he still the key player for them? Yeah, no, I, I have an issue about Busquets because I think up until the Liverpool game, I think he was having a really good season. And I would, I would say that with PK as well. And then the case of losing to Liverpool in the manner that they did in the second leg, and Busquets was poor. He had a poor game recently at home, and he got booed by the crowd. And he wasn't particularly great yesterday. He was no worse than some of the other players. So I, I think we have to look at it with an element of the bigger picture. Most The majority of this season, I think Busquets has been excellent. If Chavez manager, I, I guarantee you, John, Busquets will be there and will be an important player for Barcelona in the style that Xavi would want to play. So I think we have to... Players are allowed to have bad games. I don't think Busquets has had a bad season. A couple of big games he suffered in. Um, but I, I think, in general, he's still got a lot to offer Barcelona. Perhaps, if I'm being brutally honest, they need another player to take the place of Rakitic. And 
someone who's younger and more mobile, De Jong fits the bill perfectly. So I think if Busquets, when you when you imagine Busquets playing as that holding midfield player, yes, he was younger alongside Xavi Iniesta. Yes, he was new to the team and he was a little bit more mobile than he is now. But it certainly helped by having Xavi Iniesta moving the ball about Barcelona dominating possession. Where Busquets will struggle uh, when Barcelona don't dominate possession and he's having to win the ball back a lot more than he used to. So in terms of Barcelona playing out the back, playing in the, the manner that we associate them with, Busquets, I guarantee you, under Xavi, will still be really important. So I think it's just getting the right blend in front of him with maybe more mobile, dynamic midfield players to allow him to do what he does best. Um, and that's not running around the pitch, chasing, winning the ball back. It's positional play. It's being brave in possession when not many players want the ball in his situation. He's facing his own goal. He knows players are going to be closing him down. He can move the ball out quickly. And all some Barcelona have gone, have gone from the, the defensive position into midfield, into space. They can try and find the likes of Messi. So I think Busquets is still important. And we shouldn't write him off too early. I think still think he's got a lot to offer Barcelona. Uh, another deep breath required, Terry. I, I deflect this question. We get loads of questions about this every week, and I deflect them. Uh, Cameron, uh, what did Coutinho actually do in the Valencia game, except a few stepovers that didn't fool anybody? And Saad says, uh, why doesn't Valverde trust Coutinho enough to play in the midfield? So that, that's, that's, that's as positive as anyone is about Coutinho, I'm afraid. Other than that, there's lots of people uh, giving him a hard time. Um, it, it's hard to make a case, isn't it, for, for Coutinho at the moment? I can't make any case, John. I think in a game like last night where you were missing Suarez, where you were missing Dembele, the team was slightly off balance in terms of the fact that Messi was the only out-and-out striker. Um, and players like Coutinho need to step up. We've seen, he's proved, he's got the ability. We've seen that with Liverpool. Have we seen it with Barcelona? Not, no, we're near often enough. And there's been a deterioration in his performance levels. Um, he, the question about playing in midfield... He, he, Valverde tried that. It didn't work. Artur came into the team because Coutinho was ineffective in midfield um, and Artur was better. So then it was a straight choice between Dembele and Coutinho. Dembele was winning that competition as well. Um, but it's only because of Dembele's injury that Coutinho has got himself back into the team. But I think if Dembele had stayed fit, Artur's performances have dropped off a touch as well. But I think if Dembele had stayed fit, then I don't think we'd be seeing as much of Coutinho as we have done in recent weeks. What I always feel, there's always a tendency to, from Valverde to, to try and play him. I think the Liverpool second leg was the, the perfect opportunity to have left him out, just to have played Messi and Suarez up front, to play an extra midfield player, to use the reason that it was for tactical basis, which probably would have been wiser. But Trent Alexander-Arnold just raced up and down that flank against no opposition from Coutinho and the fact that Jordi Alba had one of his worst games in a Barcelona shirt. So it, it's I, I can't see where you would fit Coutinho into a team now. Um, but I can still see a return and Barcelona still getting a good return on their money based on what he did before he went to Barcelona. They're not going to get all their money back, of course. But I, I think there's still enough teams around that believe that I think I've made the point before. That when you go to Barcelona as a new player, you have to fit in perfectly and really quickly. It's it's quite simple in terms of what you do when you're on the ball. The the, the first pass you see, move the ball on as quickly as you as you can. 
or you come in and make a complete difference. You're something different, like Paulinho was last season, like Arturo Vidal is this season. Um, but Coutinho, it doesn't offer anything different, and he doesn't fit into the style. So I, I think that's the problem for Barcelona. So I think they clearly, they, they I would imagine he is one of the biggest issues that they're going to have to deal with this summer in terms of moving him on. Uh, last question then on the Copper Final, which is from Scott. Uh, why did I have to use Stoke's owners to watch the Copper Final? Uh, not even on Eleven <laughs> Sports, uh, who uh, never. Oh, oh, right. Okay. Well, they'll they have to take this up with them. I don't think he's had his refund for his um, uh, for when they <laughs> when they dropped the uh, Serie A when they when they didn't have that anymore. Uh, I mean, I I, I contacted Eleven. Um, we've got a hotline that you all haven't got, uh, and they basically said that they. The Spanish FA was was charging a fortune. They couldn't pay it. Sky used to say the same as well. Sky didn't always pay for the Copa del Rey final, if you remember. Um, it's, 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 it's so annoying, isn't it, Terry, that we've got used to watching it. I know, like I said in the intro, you know, when I was a kid, we didn't watch foreign finals. But now we can. The technology exists. And it's just people being pig-headed and not coming to agreements over it, so we're all scrabbling around around the world trying to watch it. Uh, someone contacted me to say they can't watch it at all in in Australia. I don't know if that's always the case or across the place, but it's it's really disappointing. It's dispiriting, isn't it, that they can't sort out their TV deals in the UK? They haven't sorted out the TV deal for next season yet, and that's just it's extraordinary, isn't it? At the end of May, it is, and I think Spanish football in the UK. That's all we can refer to. Is it needs a needs a home again, doesn't it? It needs. I mean, this season I've been fortunate enough to work for Eleven Sports before Christmas, and then ITV since the in, since the new year. So, but it, it's people need to know that's where it is. That's where it's always going to be, at least for a season or two. I mean, we've always been used to three season deals when Sky got the the rights to show La Liga. Obviously, that was over a twenty odd year period. So people knew where home, you know, La Liga, the the home of La Liga was going to be. It somehow needs to get that back. It needs to be addressed. It's it, I I looked at the fixture last night, and I'm looking at it. And I'm thinking it's it's the perfect time kickoff on a Saturday evening. It was going to be in an atmospheric stadium. It was between two really good teams as well. There would have been a lot of people interested in watching that last night, even if they hadn't watched. Spanish football all season or don't watch it every week just to put your feet up switch into a bit of Spanish culture it was it was hot it needed, the game needed a cooling break so the stadium was packed to capacity some outstanding footballers the world's best football it was perfect to, for television viewers on a Saturday evening but unfortunately for us in the UK um, we weren't able to see it legitimately so we had to all put up with finding it where we could and and you know it's, it is frustration. It's it, frustrating, and it, it. I was. I must admit, I was still looking yesterday during the day, just to check in case someone had made a last-minute bid or La Liga or the Spanish Federation had given it to someone just to show because it, it, they, they're missing out. You know, yeah, Spanish football it, is missing out by not you. having a exactly. Spanish football is missing out on not having you know the promotion of that game last night because no one's been promoting it because no one's got the rights to show it so it's barely been talked about and and it was a big game everyone was looking to see the response of Barcelona after the the Liverpool game um but it, it wasn't it wasn't to be so hopefully 
I'm led to believe there's a new contract up next season. So we'll have to wait and see. And hopefully it's going to be back on television next season in in this country. But I've got my fingers crossed. I'm not banking on it. Um, With the way that the TV rights deals have gone in the past, I'm just hoping that we, we don't have a complete blanket, you know, ban on it next season. It's not on any television station in the UK and we're having to find it on streams throughout the season on a regular basis. Yeah, fingers crossed. Anyway, I need a cooling break, Terry. Let's yeah. let's do that and then we'll come back and talk transfers and our good and bad of La Liga poll. It takes thousands of hours to become an astronaut. Right, Nina? Oh, I'm not an astronaut. I'm a design consultant at the Container Store. But you explore space. I help you find space with our Alpha Closet systems. And you're an expert. Pretty good at it. And you use satellites to communicate. I'm doing more virtual in-home closet designs, but I wouldn't say... We salute you, astronaut Nina, for helping us find space. You're welcome. The Alpha Sales Bonus is here. Earn up to $500 in credit now through February 7th at the Container Store, where space comes from. It's your home, and I need to ask you a few favors. In the kitchen, there's a spider stuck between the window and the screen, and I know it's dead, and technically it's outside, but it's still freaking me out. Can you flick it out or something? Also, just to save some money, and it's super easy, could you bundle your home and car insurance with Geico? Last thing, could you take the holiday decorations down? Yeah, I'm one of those. Geico. For bundling made easy, go to geico.com today. Right, welcome back. Thank you for everybody who took part in our little poll. We did. I, I stuck it on uh, Twitter um, and to my Twitter, which is uh, what's my Twitter? <laughs> Driscoll FC, and also our, <laughs> our, joint, our, our shared one at uh, La Liga uh, Weekly uh, underscore Weekly. Uh, so it was five the five best things, the five worst things about La Liga this season. Uh, are we, start, are we going to be positive or negative, Terry? Do you want the good or the bad? Uh, go with the bad first, get that over with, and then finish on a high note. Okay, well, let's go from the top. So the biggest one, no title race, which is, uh, yeah, I can see that. So that was the the biggest mention. Second biggest mention, Real Madrid, I'm afraid to say. And again, not, not massively contentious, was it? Uh, I know They've made my yours. top five. Yeah, uh, so I'll, I'll rattle through them. So the UK TV situation, uh, which has already been mentioned. Uh, Barca fans on social media get a mention. Sorry, Barca fans. Uh Betis get a mention. No Cristiano Ronaldo. Sevilla get a mention. Celta Vigo. Uh, chaos with kickoff times. So th- and then from there, Coutinho. So, sorry, Philippe. Uh, Sisto, Diego Costa. Poor performance in Europe. The plan to play games in the USA. Uh, the TV ads. Uh, so it's not football, it's La Liga. Gets a specific mention. <laughs> if, if you could sort that out for us, Terry, that would be good. Uh, click, uh, click, clickbait Indian tech Barca news accounts. I like that one. People hating Busquets. Uh, 11 sports. Ooh, sorry about that. Uh, decline in quality at the top of La Liga. An aging Atletico squad. Messi injury. Wasn't out for long, though, was he? And uh, no, no Iniesta. So they're the, they're the downsides. What have you got in your, your... Did you do five? Have you got five downsides of La Liga this year? I have. I've stunned three teams. Uh, yep. Real Madrid, of course. Villarreal. Yep. And Real Betis. Yep. I've gone for TV rights. 
Yeah. I've gone for Diego Costa as well. Um, okay, yeah. 16 appearances in La Liga, two goals. It's not enough appearances, not enough goals. He got five goals in total for the whole season and two of those were in the Super Cup before the season started. He's had seven games suspended this year. So it's it's been a disaster for Costa. It's been a disaster so far for Atletico Madrid. So that's why I put him in. And I've gone for one that nobody else has mentioned in terms of the worst thing I saw this season out on the pitch was the pitch, and it was Valladolid's pitch against Barcelona early in the campaign, where I've never seen a game of football played on a pitch so disastrously. It was just, abs- do you remember, it was so ridiculous. They, the game kicked off, I was commentating on the game, and someone passed the ball back from, I'm guessing, Messi or Suarez, back to Piquet, and it rolled in about five different directions before coming to a stop when it wanted to. And I just thought, that didn't look right. And that was just the ball rolling on the pitch. And then literally within a minute or so, you saw someone change direction and a, a six by four foot lump of turf came up. And from then on, it was just, it was treacherous. It was, it, it, if I'm being honest, it should have been cancelled. The game should have been abandoned. Thankfully, Barcelona won. And I don't mean that as a thinking that people think you know I'm a Barcelona fan, but it was Barcelona won, and it wasn't catastrophic. If they'd have lost or they'd drawn, then that would have been an issue right throughout the season. If we'd had had a title race and it had come down to a point or two, then Barcelona had lost that on that pitch. It would have been an issue, and thankfully, it, it no no disaster for Valladolid, who, who did well to stay up. So that's the one I've got in that nobody else has mentioned. But I've gone Villarreal, Real Madrid, Betis in terms of the the three teams. I agree with the TV rights. We've, we've spoken about that. Diego Costa, um, but I've thrown in the the the, the newly laid pitch at Valladolid for the game early in the season against Barcelona. Okay, shall I give you mine? I'll I'll go. Um... So I've got the European performances, which has already been mentioned. I've got I've got the UK TV shambles. Now I've got another one that no one's mentioned as well: uh, empty seats in in the stadiums. Now it's not massively down on last season, but it's it's ever so slightly down. I just don't think I think it's an ongoing issue for La Liga that they need to address. I think they need to make the process of buying tickets more fan friendly and just get more people sitting there in the stadium making noise and supporting their team. So I think that's the, it's, it's, I love Spanish football. Uh, I wish they'd look after their fans just a, a little bit better. I've got Real Madrid in there. And the other one I've got in there is VAR delays. Um, I just think they need to speed up. I think there are too many games where you sit in there watch and it takes the sting out of a goal, takes the fun away from a goal because you sit in there for four minutes and you know what's going to, you know the outcome. However, that takes us on to the positives. Uh, and VAR wins, Terry. VAR is, I've is got the VAR. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So people like it in general. Um, I can't yet get over them. I just think they just need to get better at it. I'm not, you know, I'm not. I wouldn't say scrap it. I'd say use it, keep on using it, and get better at using it. Um, so, shall I do you the rest, and then and then you can give us yours. So what of else? Gonna mention? Uh, Messi gets a load of mentions. So uh, Messi and VAR, and then uh, very kindly, everybody, thank you very much. Our podcast. Hey, well done. Uh, yeah. Uh, Barca winning the league, obviously Barcelona fans. Um, and then after that, uh, Aspas gets a mention, Valencia's revival, Hetafe, of course. 
Uh, Espanyol, very positive. Young players coming through. That's a good one. The performance of the small clubs. Now, again, I, I had that because I, I enjoyed watching Wesker play. I enjoyed watching Rea Vallecano play. Uh, the relegation battle gets to mention the battle for European places, the strength in depth of La Liga. The renaissance of some older players. Uh, Danny Parejo gets a mention. Uh, Tebas calling out the Super League gets a mention. Yeah, good for that one. Kike Setien. So this was on... The bad and the good, Kike Setien and, and Betis' performance against big teams. Uh, El Clasico gets a mention. Barca's pink kits gets a mention. Uh, Lo Celso gets a mention. La Liga TV, which is a, which is a good point because we've been critical of the, the situation, the right situation. But it has meant that by 11 Sports, we've got to see the, the magazine programming that we haven't previously seen in the UK. And so that's been enjoyable, you know, not just you, but you know, the other guys who the experts and the journals that they use on there. So that's 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 been a, a real positive and uh, and then uh, rather uh, biased uh, from Barca fans. Again, Real Madrid's performances uh, been as, a, as a positive. So what, uh, what have you got on your on your positive list? But well, it's quite similar. I've gone with I've gone with VAR. I see it ultimately as a positive. I, I saw Munchie came out with a really good idea about the how long it takes decisions to be made, and in reference to how long he's added on at the end of the game. And he's come up with a solution: just stop the clock. Yeah. When the VAR yeah. is taking its time, just stop the play clock. That that's the, the that's really sensible. So it it does need tinkering. But I think, by and large, it's it's made a big, big, big deal. I look at Premier League games now, and I see a goal offside. I think, or games in the UK, and I think, oh, it's going to be referred to VAR, and of course they haven't had it yet, and the goals are allowed or they're disallowed when they're not, they're not offside. And you think that's that's so we've we've eradicated that in La Liga, 99%. There's still one or two, I must admit, one or two goals have been scored this season where I've not been convinced the decision was correct on in terms of. The offside, um, it's not perfect, but I think it, it, it's gone a long way to making things better. I went with Hatafe in terms of the almost qualifying for the Champions League. I went with Messi in two games in particular, the two trips to the city of Seville, where he scored a hat-trick against Sevilla, and then three games later then scored a hat-trick against Betis. It wasn't just the hat-trick, it was the quality of both of those hat-tricks. So it was quite incredible goals from Lionel Messi. I've gone from my possibly, the, I think, the game of the season, which was the VRL Barcelona 4-4 draw. And that was dramatic yep. in terms of Barcelona. were trying to win the league, trying to come back into the game with two goals practically in the last minute. Messi and Suarez scoring spectacular goals to deny VRL. And also another game in particular I've gone for was um, Athlet Atletico beating Atletico Bilbao 3-2. And I picked this because it's a player that's leaving La Liga now. And it was Diego Godin. It was pretty pretty early in the season. I've got it down as week 12. Atletico had used all their subs. He was injured. And he was hobbling around, severely hobbling around with a hamstring, I think it was. And because they'd used their three subs, he chose, and not all players choose to stay on the pitch, he chose to stay on but was going to hobble around up front. And then he throws himself full length for a diving header from a knockdown from a corner in the, the last minutes of the game. And, and Atletico win the game three. So that was that, that pretty much sums up Diego Godin the whole time he's, he's been in La Liga. Um, so that, 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 they've been my, my high points. The Hatafe VAR, the two hat-tricks from Messi, the Villarreal-Barca game and Diego Godin's dramatic winner against Atletico Bilbao. 
Yeah, good shout. So I'll give you my five. Uh, I've got Messi uh, top. I've got Hetafe finishing fifth, which is quite a specific thing because I didn't really want them to finish fourth. But I, I, you know, I've been hugely impressed with them, so I'm, I'm glad they finished fifth. Uh, I've got the strength in depth that I mentioned as well. Santi Cadola being fit, playing the whole season, playing it as well as he has, and then uh, Chimi Avila's goals. So the 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 two. Um, yeah, extraordinary, extraordinary goals that he scored this season. It's just you know, uh, you know, it's not a guy who's going to go for seventy million quid or anything. But um, yeah, it's just you know that strength. It's related to the strength and depth, I guess, isn't it? It's just you know, it's, it's terrific to see uh, good quality players exactly. all the way down the league in La Liga. We just so again, it comes back. We just need a stronger Real Madrid is what we need really, because then you know that that would then force Barcelona to to raise their game. Uh, and all of that. Should we do a bit of transfers as well? Uh, people are interested in this. Gavin is he's, he's one of your lot, Terry. He's a Spurs fan. Uh, which La Liga <laughs> players can you see joining Spurs? And you think Ericsson will be joining uh, Real Madrid? Obviously, I mean, Lo Celso has been linked in the newspapers. Uh, we haven't got any independent verification of that. But uh, they're just, they've already bought him, haven't they, Lo Celso? He was on loan, wasn't he? And they're just... Uh, exercise the right to buy him and then the, now they're looking immediately at selling him on which financial reality I guess isn't it yeah I think they got him for just over 20 or 23 million euros I think and they yeah. had the first refusal on that so it's something they were always going to do because we know in the current transfer market all you needed to do was find a team that would play him on a regular basis we've seen how talented he is and Betis you can't blame them. It would be ideal. Perhaps if they'd got into Europe, got into the Champions League, they would have been in a, a position to keep him. I'm not saying they're not. I don't know anything more than I've read in the papers. But I have read that they are looking at maybe clubs being interested, maybe around 40, 50, 60 million euros. So if that's the case, I'm not knowing Charlie sure he's worth that amount of money. But if that is the case, then I would understand Betis. It's a big investment for them in the first place. So if they can make a huge profit on it quickly, it wouldn't surprise me that he was to, to he would move on now. Yes, yeah, that's yeah, you can see that, can't you? Um, who else would you want to? Actually, well, there's another one here. A little Ollie says, are there any players from La Liga that Madrid should be going for? Interesting point, isn't it? Because obviously they get linked to huge names abroad, but are there any closer to home who'd be a likely starter uh, and who they could get? And Noir Confidential, with so many big clubs in need of a squad rehaul, uh, around Europe he means, uh, which would be the biggest in or out of uh, La Liga? Which actually, you might as well give us your team of, your, of the season while you're on, because that's, that's that's the big clue, isn't it, as to uh, who the who the strongest players around are. So, what have you got for your your your, your best eleven? Well, we've have we I've stuck to our normal rule where we're only allowed one player per club. Yep. Otherwise, yep. we end up with nine Barcelona players and two from this club, and that's it. So, yeah, I've stuck to our so rule much, of so much this one per club. No, I know yeah. I've got a Real Madrid player in it. Right, okay, yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I've gone with Oblak in goal. I think yeah, when you see how has. few goals yeah. Atletico yeah. Madrid have, have picked, he's an obvious pick. Although there were one or two other considerations from Atletico Madrid in terms of the one player from each club. Um, I've yeah. gone for back four, and people might have to look these up. <laughs> I've gone <laughs> for Pedro Porro from Girona. All right. Okay, who yeah. was a teenager that played right wing back, right back. Um, I'm not. I'm 
I'm pretty sure he's not going to be at Girona next season. I think he really impressed me this season. I think he was 18 at the start of the season, possibly 19 now. Um, I've gone for Gene at the back for Hatafe, one of the best defences in La Liga. If I had to pick one player, it would be him in the back four. I've gone yep. for Fernando Calero of Valladolid as centre-back. Right, OK. Um, because the reason they stayed in the division was they weren't scoring enough goals. They were a pitiful amount of goals that they scored, but they were solid at the back. And that was from week week one. And it's always nice to see new players emerge in La Liga that you hadn't seen anything of before. He's a young player. It might be hard for Valladolid to keep. I, so I, I think Sevilla were interested in, in signing him. And I've gone for left-back, Jonathan Silva at Leganes. Oh, okay. um, I think he's had a really good season. I think Leganes have had a really good season. And in my team, I'm picking one from each club. Um, I've you know some of the teams, Wesker and Rai kind have gone down. I haven't got him on from their team. I haven't got him on from Real Madrid. So spreading it out, I've I've gone with Jonathan Silva at Leganes. So it's an unfamiliar back four, but I think in my opinion, all good players. Um, in midfield, I've gone for Santa Cazorla. He was an obvious pick of one of the players of the season and, and clearly VRL's best player this season. And funny enough, I've gone for Los Celso at Real Betis. I'm not sure it's going to be defensively enough in midfield, but uh, I'm banking on the rest of my players scoring enough goals that we get more, more games than we lose or score more goals than the other team. So on the right flank, I've gone for Messi. On the left flank, I've gone for Yago Aspas. Up front, I've gone for Wissam Ben Yedda and Borja Iglesias. So, between right. those four Blimey. attacking players, I've got 91 goals from this season. Um, yeah. Add on you... Los Celso's nine, um, we, we should be all right for, in terms of scoring goals. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Are you going to get enough of the ball? That's that's the question with your team, isn't it? Uh, do you want the... I've compiled our, our, our contributors team. Now... Two severe plates in it. Yeah, big, I mean, everyone did. I think everyone stuck to the rule of one player per team. Uh, but uh, obviously, when I've compiled it, two severe players have sneaked in. Uh, so, all black in goal. I think that was I think, literally unanimous, actually. I don't think anyone went for anyone other than all black. Uh, and then the, the outstanding defender, uh, as, as you say, Gene is the outstanding defender, which I think probably answers the question, doesn't it, about um, which player Real Madrid should have a look at. Should, why wouldn't a bigger club go and sign Gene uh, when he's been outstanding for two seasons playing for Hetafe, who finished fifth out, you know, out of nowhere? Uh, Hermoso alongside him in the centre yeah. defence. Uh, Cucurea and Jesus Navas gets uh, gets the the right back berth, the most mentioned uh, midfield. In fact, hang on, we've got uh, severe players all over the place because uh, we've got uh, Sarabia, we've got Parejo, and Santi Cazorla would be a midfield three. And then, see, I, I I think I'm a bit more sensible than you, Terry, with this, because I've got Lucelso up front, because <laughs> he got the mentions. And, uh, and then, again, no surprise, Messi and Aspas. So, you know, there's no no prize for guessing Messi and Aspas, because obviously, you know, they're just Messi. You know, we, we say it all the time, don't we? It's just you're relentlessly good all the time. All the brilliant, wonderful player. And, As- and Aspas, of course, who was just in a really poor season for uh, Celta Vigo. Uh, he maintained his standards. And they were, a di- they were a different team when he was fit, when he was injured. Uh, totally. He's got Barcelona. The, the, no team is a one-man team, but the reliance on Messi is almost matched at Celta on the reliance of Iago Aspas. 
it helped to have got another strike with Maxi Gomez as well, chips in with more than his fair share. So you can clearly see why Celtic struggled. They, they were the team at the bottom scoring loads of goals. Them and Levante, um, but both were at times horrific defensively. But Aspas clearly has to be in the, the team of the year. Even, even if we weren't picking allowed just one player from each team, I think you'd be hard-pressed not to make a case for Aspas to be in La Liga team of the season. I think he only played about, I think it's 27 games, got 20 goals for a team that were, weren't safe until the last day of the season. So it goes to show his influence. I had, picking from one player per team, from Sevilla, I considered Jesus Navas. I considered Sarabia as well. I considered John Jordan. Um, Oya Zabal, uh, Raul Sociedad, Stuani, Nyaki mm-hmm. Williams, and of course, Hatafe, Mata, Molina. Um, Charles Aber finished off the season really well. He's for 46 years old. He's still knocking the goals in on a regular basis. So it was the, the oldies that, that were still finding the back of the net, you know, pretty much every week. Um, it's uh, Joaquin finished the season off well. Um, Hermosa was in my possibles, Godin, but I went for a blacking goal from. Atletico, so it's, but I didn't, I couldn't consider one Real Madrid player. No, no, I, I couldn't. I, I I couldn't. I'm not sure anybody anyone went for any Real Madrid players. No, I, I certainly haven't. They didn't get anywhere close to uh, the, the final call. I, I did write everybody down because it, it took me a while. Um, or oh, Ramos, Ramos gets a mention, but that I think literally might be the only Real Madrid player. Oh, Benzema. But yeah, you're struggling to make a case, aren't you, for Real Madrid? I mean, it's just you know, it's yeah. not even, you know, it's not even controversial to say that. You know, sometimes you're worried about upsetting fans of a club, but no one's making the case for Real Madrid this season. It's it's been it's been a it's been a dreadful write-off of the season, hasn't it, for them? Um, Callum Callum May makes yeah. that point, by the way. He said Barcelona Hetafe benefited massively from so many others underachieving. Uh, I think that's probably fair, fair enough. Uh, can I ask one last question? Uh, now, actually. Taj, we'll, we'll hang this over because Taj is asking about the uh, how, how does he get a game 11. I know you've done yours. Let's do that next, <laughs> next week because we're going to do a bit of transfer speculation next week because obviously, hopefully, the ball will start rolling. We'll, we'll get somewhere with that. Uh, so we'll get on to that next week. One last question today. Brownie, lots of Spanish clubs might be looking for new managers this summer. Would La Liga benefit from an influx of foreign coaches in the same way as the Premier League has? But the... the it, it... It will take a while for that to happen because of there's a number of reasons. I think that it seems to be an issue in Spain. They, they're not particularly keen on managers coming in that don't know the language. So we do get players, uh, managers from South America because it's, uh, yeah. it's natural for them to come over, speak the same language. It's quite an easy fit. Also, I think yeah. the length I, of contracts the that. majority of managers get in La Liga is going to be an issue. So... Uh, you know, any manager in the Premier League, if he gets a job, he'll get three year, a three-year contract. We're seeing Mendilibar, Abar performing miracles, gets renewed every year of about three weeks of the season to go when they know they're safe. He gets he gets another year. Um, so borderless. He, all the managers are just they just sign one-year deals, and that's not going to attract. The likes of Jurgen Klopp and Jose Mourinho have come to you know the UK and to work knowing full well the, the, the numerous managers that Chelsea have had. It's one of the biggest reasons they come. A, they're going to get paid an absolute fortune and they get a three or four year contract. And if it doesn't work out, then there's a, a 
a significant sum of money owed to them if they are sacked during that period. You're not going to get the big name, the, the royalty of managers go to La Liga, unless it's Real Madrid, Barca and Atletico, um, because they don't get long contracts as managers. Sometimes I agree with it, um, but I think there are managers that have proved themselves at clubs that deserve better, um, deserve longer contracts, but but it, it, no one's forcing the manager to stay. And so, I mean, Dilibar is happy. It's how the club works. He understands that. And season in, season out, he does his job, and he knows he's going to be rewarded at the end with employment for another year. So that's just the way it works in La Liga at the moment. We'll, we'll leave it there. <coughs> uh, so, Terry, let's, let, let's, uh, let's, let's meet up soon, have another chat. We're, we're not going anywhere throughout this uh, summer. We're still going to be doing podcasts. We'll still be doing some specials uh, and uh, keeping you up to date with the transfers and all of that. So, yes, uh, enjoy the European finals this week. I know there's no Spanish involvement, but we'll still watch them. We'll still enjoy them. And, uh, yeah, so we'll speak soon, Terry. Uh, and thank you for listening, everybody. show you how easy it is to file a claim with geico we hired fitness celebrity billy blanks okay everybody our car just got a broken windshield how about we blow off some steam now punch now kick uh mr blanks there's no need to be stressed geico makes it easy to file a claim online on the app or over the phone yeah but what if i never hear back that's gonna make me want to go jab and jab uh nope your geico claims team is always there for you okay do i still get my post-workout protein shake sure billy geico great service without all the drama